0: Welcome to the Mind Body Business Podcast. Have you ever considered your superpower? If you had one gift to leave with humanity, what would that be? We believe that everyone possesses a superpower. This is your value proposition, your genisique quoi to help make a tangible difference in the world. Each week, our show explores these superpowers with tantalizing thoughts, germinating only from the power of collective thought. We invite you to join us for one hour each week and listen in as we dispense superpower knowledge from great people doing greater things. All right. So, welcome to the Mind Body Business Podcast. This is my cohort, Crime Lisa, sitting next to me. And I'm Devo. Today, we have um, wow, we've actually had a lot of controversial guests on of late in terms of talking points, but it's Dr. Judy Mikovits. She's an author, a scientist, a rebel who has gone against the common narrative, which is going to be a theme of our show today. Um, Some people might recognize her from, there was a video you and I watched it about two months ago, Plandemic. Um, It's been circulating the interwebs for the last year or so. And I've done a lot of research about her online and, and if you Google her name, you'll get the standard wikipedia references but of course there's a a boatload of information that has sort of outcast her and referenced her as a pariah in the scientific world and we all know who owns the google analytic results when you google people so um, I wanted to have a conversation with her today. She's often referred to as as an anti-vaxxer, and I hate that term anti-vaxxer because it's just a it's a convenient way of of describing people who go against the common narrative. Whether whether it be vaccines, whether it be science, whether it be anything, religion, whatever it is, anybody who goes against the common narrative is is given a term that is generally. Um, described as an outcast and mm-hmm. I want to have a conversation around that because a lot of times if you look to the history of time people who were labeled as anti-vaxxers we'll just use that as a metaphor here conspiracy theorists conspiracy theorists labeled as outcasts as rebels etc they ended up actually being right most of the time in the end and now they're they're lauded as celebrities or or geniuses in their own in their own mind and so whether Dr. Judy is correct or not she has a a compelling list of reasons why her information is accurate and Her book reads sort of part autobiography, um, part insight into some recent medical history. She's been involved uh, for years in in the medical research field. Um, In Plague of Corruption, she brings to light one of the central pieces that's at the crux of everything right now, which is the medical community, pharmaceuticals, and how research is being misaligned, misrepresented, mistold, and misspoke for a larger agenda. And we've, again, I don't want to go into the COVID phase, but to date, to date, at the, at the time of this podcast, there and I think at the, roughly um, the time of her book, four plus billion dollars have been paid out in legal fees to injured, maimed, killed individuals at, at the at the um, at the arms of vaccines. And during her research, she discovered some some information, some data that just didn't match the bill of a typical scientific procedures and policies that she subscribes to as, as a doctor as a as a medical researcher and she blew the whistle on it and she was thrown into prison and then and labeled as an, out, as an outcast so i want to bring her in and just have a conversation around that and um we should be we should be calling the show hey doctor how's it going
1: uh, good to see you Devo. yes i can
0: so we should be calling this show, and I read this from your book as well. I love it. It's Becoming an unperson. It's a reference to the dystopian novel 1984 by Un- Orson Welles. And I, I, I don't want to uh, – I want people to read your book, but I one of the things that really struck me as I read the book, and I've read it twice now um, because – I had to do some slow reading and look up a bunch of terms because there was a lot of stuff in there that just threw me under. I'm like, wait, MRNA, I got to research that right now. Um, but one of the things is as a, as a society, we have learned and I'd like to reframe that we've, we've been trained to never question the common narrative. It goes against, it goes against populations. It goes against government control. It goes against tyranny. Any, any time somebody steps outside that convenient box of falling in line with the narrative, they're labeled as an outcast, as a pariah, and that's what happened to you. So um, I'd just like to jump in and hear your version, the the Cliff Notes version of, of sort of what happened and how you went from 20 years ago, 15 years ago, to where you were, one of the leading research scientists in the field of pharmaceuticals, and you were doing a bunch of research on CFS, common fatigue syndrome. You were involved in some of the HIV research, et cetera, and where we are today. So just give us a high level cliff on that.
1: Well, uh, you know, the easy, the easy thing, I'll go back to one thing that you said that struck a note about questioning. Um, scientists are supposed to question everything. And that, that's, that is what a scientist does. They ask a question um, and, or, or propose a hypothesis, you know, uh, and, and then try to disprove it or prove it with scientific data. So nothing I've ever done is, is my opinion. I mean, a, even these talks, it's, it's, it's usually not my opinion. And our books aren't written as, as opinions. They're, they're written as, as facts. Um, you, you have to say, "I believe legally," but as you see in the book, what you see are references to support the statement. So that's what scientists do. Scientists must question the narrative. We we must dig deeper. So I, I started um, literally um, 41 years ago. Yesterday, I graduated from UVA with a degree in chemistry, and um, my goal was to um, my goal was to cure cancer. Um, I didn't intend to be a scientist. In fact, we were laughing about it yesterday because, you know, I'm, I was just a, a, pretty much a poor kid. Um, and I didn't even know there was such a thing as a PhD. Um, I didn't know there was another kind of doctor. Uh, and so when I didn't have the resources or, or ability to go to medical school, um, I simply a- answered an ad in the Washington Post at the time at um, uh, Time Magazine on March 31st, 1980, um, was a picture of a, a big needle with a drop in it. And the needle with the drop was the big if, interferon, is this the magic bullet for cancer? So I answered an ad in the Washington Post and um, and, and went to Fort Detroit, to the National Cancer Institute, um, and and started purifying interferon and other natural other natural so interferon is a is your own body makes interferons. So I purified them from animal cells and it has and and from animals, but these things work. Animal proteins work on humans, and we were we were learning all about biological response modifiers. And so I spent almost a decade as a technician isolating things from plants. Um Adriamycin is a breast cancer. Drug, it's called the Red Devil because it's red. Um, things with color in it. So, uh, at any rate, um, that's what I was trained to do. Is is I'm a chemist that purifies things and and then uses them and develops them into therapies. To with you know my single principle of forty years of work now, the single principle is um, that we can educate uh, the immune system to prevent and treat infectious and chronic disease, cancer, AIDS. And, and that's what I did from that day. We we saw some of the first AIDS patients there. The biological response modifiers program was um, MDs, PhDs, PharmDs, nurses, nurse practitioners, technicians like myself, people with just undergraduate degrees. And we were all working together with a single focus to, to take kind of everything and um, uh, everything we could every energy therapy you know nothing was off the table and and so at that time that was the most fun i ever had in science and and so because you know everybody's perspective mattered and 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 everybody had a different perspective and we were all working together no one person was any better than the other. The MD wasn't better than the PhD. And, And over the last 40 years, and this is what the movie Plandemic Indoctrination, that was the second part of Plandemic, as you mentioned, came out May 4th. And Plandemic was supposed to be a promotional video for that book, Plague of corruption. You know, so the high level, just to answer that very first question. So for 40 years, 20, almost 22 of it at the National Cancer Institute. And then I got married and moved to California because it was um, Santa Barbara's a lot nicer than Frederick, Maryland. Um, So, and, And worked in a company called Epigenics, a pharmaceutical company that made cancer drugs that modulated the expression of genes. And the reason I'm using the terms this way, because it's the expression of the blueprint that is uh, um, aberrant or bad in disease. It's it's the lack of communication between cells. And so plants, plant cells, animal cells that you can change, you can modulate, you can change back to balance your immune system. And so you probably noticed every term I use is the definition of what a vaccine is supposed to do. Um, so a vaccine is intended to, um, to prevent or treat infectious or disease or cancer. So in fact, my whole life I've made cancer and AIDS, AIDS is an infectious disease, acquired immune deficiency. You weren't born with the immune deficiency. And in this, in the, in the case of, of AIDS, the the first AIDS, um, which was called gay-related immune deficiency in the beginning, because we didn't have um, any idea what was causing it, and and we just knew um, that various drugs and 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 bathhouses where disease was caused, where um, where gay people were spending time was how the disease was spreading, um, and so this is um, you know uh, as as you just mentioned, I'm called an anti-vaxxer. But um, how can I be an anti-vaxxer if I've spent my entire life um, doing the exact same thing a vaccine developer would do, um, you know, for infectious? So I, I, in fact, am a vaccine developer and it really matters today because in, in COVID, hydroxychloroquine is a vaccine. So when, when people tell me, oh, you have to, you know, you don't prove that you've been injected, you prove that you're immune, you prove that your immune system is, you know, healthy. And here we've, we've, we've changed the conversation so far that now the only way you can be immune is if you're injected. And that's just, that's just not true. And so um, this is, um, I mean, it's, a, and, and it's an ugly scenario. And it's gotten ugly because, you know, everybody's mandated to take a shot. You know, I was talking to Andrew, a shout out to Andrew down in Houston yesterday. And he's like, oh, man, Dr. J, they're, 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 you get a free hamburger if you get injected. And 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 I'm like, well, yeah, of course. And in in Ohio, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny told me over the weekend that she uh, that Ohio Governor is having lotteries for for full four ride um, uh, scholarships if you get a shot yeah. if you're 16. Now, 14 year olds, 12 year olds can get shot with what is a very dangerous drug given to the wrong person at the wrong time. So what I'm anti, I've spent my entire life developing drugs, and I've never developed one that didn't take, you know, decades to prove their safety. When we do a clinical trial for a cancer drug, let's just say um, that adriamycin, if I add an immune therapy like, let's just say Opdivo, one of these things that targets your immune system and immune therapy in a certain way. If I add Opdivo to adriamycin, I have to test a, uh, Opdivo and adriamycin for safety first, phase one clinical trials, phase two dose es- escalation studies, how high a dose do you do before you show toxicity? And then phase three, What kind of cancers? And so you go in humans, large double-blind placebo, saline, saline, placebo, not last year's shot, not.
0: How long does that process generally take just out of curiosity?
1: It it can easily take a decade. I started on one drug, I started working with a company um, in 2005 and that drug still hasn't made it to market, even though um, we've gone through phase, they've gone through phase one and two studies. I'm a consultant on that um, phase one and two studies and, and had quite success. And they're absolutely safe. Um, this, this is a fabulous um, situation. It's a combination therapy as well. So it takes a really long time. So what I'm anti is throwing something out there in a week, forcing everyone to take one size fits all, yeah. even though we all know that they've been, t- we, we, the community have been trying to make a vaccine for HIV AIDS, another, uh, another RNA virus um, that's enveloped the same kind of thing we're seeing with SARS. We've been trying to make that for I just quit that, so it doesn't ding on us all day. So we've been. That's
0: <laughs> that, was, that email I just sent you to log it, in.
1: It'll sound <laughs> like a pinball machine after a while, um, but but you know we it takes decades, and 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 yet we've known with all of the HIV vaccine trials, all of them, and all of the SARS vaccine trials, or MERS, which was two thousand and one, you know, in those face those challenge studies, Those the next time your immune system sees the virus, all of the animals died. They never got to phase three. So what are they doing in COVID? You are the animal trial. Mm-hmm. A yeah, hundred million Americans have been, it's, it's emergency use authorization. One size fits all. You know, never was any trial of any of these shots that are out there, 45,000 people, saline control, 22. Um, the the shot I'm just thinking of Moderna or Pfizer, the mRNA vaccine, 22,000 people. Well, uh, diseases like idiopathic thrombocytopenia um, are one in 25,000. Or MECFS. You were talking about chronic fatigue syndrome. Well, con- chronic fatigue syndrome or these autoimmune diseases like lupus, Parkinson's disease, ALS, these neurodegenerative disease, Alzheimer's, autism. Um, there, the the incidence um, is less than one in twenty thousand. So the incidence is lower than that. So you you haven't tested one. One in particular is called ITP. You know, and and doctors use big words. I'm I'm sorry about the um, uh, about plague of corruption, but the reason why Kent Kent writes with me um, is number one, he's he's brilliant as an author and telling a story so that it's readable. Um, But he's a sixth grade science teacher. He's he's an attorney, so he writes in ways where he knows. You know how to put the facts out there and how to support it. That's why the government's never commented. So all they do to me is say, "Oh, you're ugly, or you're insane, or you're drunk," um, um, and and all of those may be true. But science is based on laws and demonstrable data, and never once has anybody disproven the data I've shown in any of these talks. So the question becomes, you know, show me the data. It really doesn't matter. And this is, we've changed our world completely in that when I first went into science, when I didn't know what a PhD was, and then in 1992, remember 12 years later, I got one. I didn't even start my PhD studies to 1987 because what I liked to do was the lab work. I don't want to write papers. I hate to write. I mean, that's why Ken has to write the book. I talk.
0: <laughs> <All> right, <laughs> let me, let me stop you right there. Cause I have so many things I want to ask you. So thank you for that, that, that dialogue there you talked about, and I, and I don't want to make this about COVID per se, but uh, you talked a yeah. little bit about viruses and how vaccines are designed to are to train basically the, the immune system of the body to react positively to, to, for, for immunity. Correct. So in, in a nutshell, this injection that's being manufactured in, in less than six months, less than three months, I guess, and that's being propagated across the entire planet, what do you think is the end game behind it?
1: Well, it's uh, number one, it's, it's certainly not, does not meet the legal or any definition of a vaccine. Um, and and we know the, the lipid nanoparticles that are used in it um, similar to those used in the Gardasil vaccine, which was previously the most deadly vaccine, um, uh, causes um, sterility in 25% of the people. We know that if you put the syncytin gene of another animal or a synthetic one, all humans make this protein called syncytin from an ancient RNA virus infection. So if you're injecting another animal's um, blueprint, another animal's your, you know, my body's going to see that and say that's not self, and and start to attack it. But it looks so much like your own self that you start attacking yourself.
0: So, so it's sort of, a, it's sort of a clone, a clone modification in a way.
1: Well, it won't mod. It, it will change the expression. That's why I mentioned epigenics pharmaceuticals. Um, it'll change the expression of your genes, but not necessarily integrate in your genes and stay there like other retroviruses do, just because we haven't been able to uh, um, study the vaccines. They won't let independent people look and see actually what's in them. So we really don't, I wouldn't call it a clone, but it's it's creating autoimmunity because the basic thing your immune system is supposed to do is tell self from non-self. And whenever non-self is in your body, you attack it. So in this shot, you put 50 billion particles of a synthetic lipid, a synthetic fat, um, all of our cell membranes are fat, you know, fat surrounding the cell, surrounding the nucleus, because things aren't supposed to go in the cell. But these synthetic lipid nanoparticle, they're they're nanometers. They go through the membranes because they're fat. So fat likes fat. Fat doesn't like water. So they go through the membranes and then they have a payload. Whatever's protected inside that fat um, is the poison, is the virus. It's a blueprint for the spike protein. So the spike protein is the disease causing a part of the virus. The rest of the virus you don't need. The rest of the virus is what makes it infectious and transmissible. And, and you simply put the disease-causing agent in every cell of the body and made your own DNA, your own cell machinery of viruses made by your cell machinery. Viruses don't live alone in the air. The RNA isn't infectious. It's the particle, that lipid that's infectious. So you turned every cell in your body into a virus, into a spike protein producing factory. So you're producing the disease. And, and, so, and this is so let, me,
0: let me see if I can um, paraphrase that down. So basically they're injecting us with a trigger, an autotomic trigger that's actually replicating the actual viral transmission in of itself, which prior to that injection, it doesn't exist, but by injecting us with this, whatever is in this, they're they're telling our bodies to create that in essence. Yeah. And this is serving as a catalyst or the trigger for that. So, did I, is that a good paraphrase? Okay, cool. So, sorry, I don't mean to inter- interrupt, but I have so many things I want to ask no, you. So, either. I got to try. So, for-
1: that's it. Yeah, so, apologize can't.
0: in advance for interrupting. So, no, okay. Not. So, we got that down. So, I- I'd like to hear your opinion because. I respect everything that I've read from you. And and Lisa and I are, uh, we do a massive amount of research to understand who comes on our shows so that we don't sound like buffoons when we're talking to you. And everything that I've read from you makes perfect sense. I've read your data. I don't understand most of it, but I've read most of it. I kind of get the gist of of the research, the copious amount of time and energy you put into it, the the testing, etc. cetera. What is the point of this this injection that's being created? Why do you think this was brought to market in three months or as I presume has been sitting along and created for much lengthier period of time just waiting for the perfect period? That's my theory. No no evidence for that. But it's just my theory. Well, there's
1: a lot of evidence for that actually.
0: Okay. Well then I'm right. <laughs> but what do you think is the point of it all? What's the point of all this? Where, where, if you can wave your magic wand and say, "Hey, I'm the oracle of all knowledge," where will this be in ten years? Well, what what's the point of this in fifteen years if it plays out the way whomever is behind this wants this to play out?
1: Well, it's it's going to depopulate. It's going to kill millions. It, the 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 shot, as you mentioned, the four billion in bears vaccine, um, the um, national vaccine injury compensation <laughs> program and NVICP, four billion. For every other vaccine since that came into law in 1980, let's just say 86 was the law. But 89 was practically when it all started happening, when they accelerated the amount of shots. So 4 billion starting in 89. Um, And now, as of last week, uh, in only three months, this this vaccine surpasses that. All deaths from all vaccines, this one shot. And they'll tell you, so it's going to, and, and that, the VAERS, the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, we know for the last decade from a number of studies, it only captures 1%. So instead of the 5,000 or so reported deaths worldwide, or maybe America so far in VAERS, just America, um, you've actually got um, 400,000 deaths. And so it's going to depopulate and it's going to sterilize. So I I like to use the word accelerated aging. So the the lifespan say say,
0: say that again. Say that again. I like to use the word because
1: aging. Accelerated aging. We're speeding up aging instead of anti-aging, what all medicine and makeup. Oh, let's look younger. We're accelerating. We we now have um for the first time i think it was the last 3 years for the first time the life expectancy is going down so my um my colleague um oh, i i'll i'll say my husband my husband is 82 years old i'm 62 um his son is one of his sons is 40 um his son won't see 80 This is the first time your children will not uh, outlive their parents. In fact, that one son I'm thinking about has a 41-year-old wife with a stage four colon cancer. Yesterday, a 30-year-old woman that we were working with died of cervical cancer, um, ovarian cancer. Um, You know, the the vaccine program in general is is intended, um, you know, to turn people into um, consumers of the pharmaceuticals, you know, at the Johnson and Johnson commercial, you see the little baby with baby powder and they say from cradle to grave, and they're going to make sure that time is not 80 years. And so we know the baby powder caused cancer um, and, and one lawsuit. So every one of these pharmaceutical companies making these vaccines are serial felons they're criminal so why would you think in covid that and same thing with the fda and the cdc so the fda won't you know you know you have to bribe the fda to get in line to get your drug approved that that company that i work for this is a fabulous drug would have worked in COVID, ebola anything Uh, AIDS, that's why we manufactured it that way. We normalized the immune system. Fabulous drug. They ran out of money. The family spent $20 million of their own money, ran out of money. The FDA is like, no, get in line. So our FDA is corrupt. Everything about our world has to go away. Change. Medicine is broken.
0: So you blew the whistle on that. And there's a line I think you wrote in Chapter 12 of your book, there must always be an enemy to hate. And the vague fear that you too could very easily become that next enemy and and when i read that all i hear is classic bullying Uh, you know you think about grade school the 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 large obese kid in the in the lunchroom demanding money from the little little twerp and and just using coercion and manipulation and brute force to force the the smaller people in line so you've become sort of this enemy and the question i have is you know there's there is a autocratic oath that medical professionals take Scientists, doctors, PhDs, etc., to become a servant of the public. In so doing, becoming a servant of the public, they're they're designed to create and manufacture healthcare for people. How do some people? And I'm just going to go off on a tangent here. If I may, <laughs> we we met with a couple of doctors a, a bit back, who are certified PhD medical professionals who are designed to provide healthcare for other individuals who seek who are seeking them out for healthcare. For, for advice, for topical anesthetic, all sorts of different medical care and, and, and they are ardent, ardent advocates of not only masking but vaccinations, this COVID injection, et cetera. And, and the first thought that comes to our mind is how does someone like yourself, prescribe who who goes into the medical field who goes into research who goes into development who goes into healthcare who goes into phd's who goes into who wants to be a surgeon how do some people travel this pathway and some get go to the left and some go to the right and depending upon the balance of scales one can endorse all of these things that you're talking about and another one can be completely Labeled labeled like you've been, which is a pariah. How can you be a doctor and and and, and have access to all the information that you have to basically, it's a standardized curriculum. How does one go to the left and one go to the right? I've I just I have a I'm unable to comprehend that. <laughs> well, what ha- what happens?
1: I, I think what happens is it's not it's not at my level of, of being a PhD, it's, it's not us. It's not the doctors in the field every day. We're working to learn the truth. We, we, we work hard to produce that knowledge and communicate that knowledge, um, in scientific journals. It's the very top, the very top and, and, and I, of a few people who control the narrative. So for instance, in order to publish, in order to work in academia, you have to publish papers. And in about the 80s or 90s, and they have to be peer reviewed. And sometime in the mid 90s, the the top echelons made impact factors on journals. So not only did you need to publish papers, but you needed to publish papers in their journals And who controls peer review? They do. Who controls whether or not you get a grant at a university? Well, you have to, and this system all emerged, you know, after. When I was in the National Cancer Institute, 22 years, we don't write grants. We just do research. So our work doesn't depend on publishing the papers. So many times, and I can think of, and we put, I'm going to put in your chat, the cover of our last book. Our, our, I hope it's our last book. It's called Ending Plague. And, and it's called Ending Plague, a scholar's obligation in an age of corruption. And we're literally answering exactly the question you just asked. What is a scholar's obligation in an age of corruption? It's to produce knowledge and communicate that knowledge, no matter the cost. And so w- We have to stand up. But as you see from this bullying you mentioned on these shots, you shame people. Many, many, many scientists and, in fact, great scientists and doctors, they're like, I'm sorry, Judy. You know and I lost a lot of friends in two thousand and eleven. And so you know from reading my book and I appreciate that you read the book before we got on the show because it matters because people don't learn um and they don't and they don't read the details. they just read Wikipedia and that says, oh, you know Wikipedia, how good is your fact checker if you don't know what year I was born in when half the world knows my birthday was. April 1st, 1958 is April 1st, 1958, you know, and that's, you know, that's the the point about the movie indoctrination. So the scientists don't just go bad. They work their whole career developing this knowledge. And one day they discover an inconvenient truth. And that goes against the narrative. And, and they say, you know what, Judy, I'm not gonna pursue that. You, if you've read my first book, which I'm sure you, you haven't seen yet, that's the big, heavier one, Plague. Our first book is called Plague. And that was all the really detailed science. And one of the scientists that was actually, um, I, I, won't, I won't say any of their names because it's, it's not fair to them because, um, um, and, and, and basic, basically she said, Judy, there are lots of interesting questions and they just simply won't ask that question. So no scientist will go into research on myalgic encephalomyelitis or autism. Because why? You won't have a career. You won't publish in peer-reviewed journals because everybody knows that chronic fatigue syndrome is a bunch of crazy women. And, um, and, and there's no such thing as vaccine injury and their kids didn't get autism. They didn't one day just regress. They didn't one day just stop talking. But then once the parent sees it um, and, the, and the doctors won't listen or they, you know, they don't want to lose their livelihood, some of them are just bad. Pediatricians make all their money on wellness visits, all of it. You you can make 100, just having 100 patients, you can make $20,000 or $200,000, 20 a piece if that child is fully vaccinated. That's a lot of money and people simply won't give it up. And then this particular woman said, Judy, there's a lot of interesting questions to ask. I'm just not gonna go there. And other people say, I earned my retirement. If you're a government worker, and and in in the case of our paper with Dr. Rossetti, he either signed his name to a paper that we knew was fraud. Um, This is the the Lipkin study of 2012. You either sign your name to that paper, or you would be fired as a government worker and lose everything. Um, Literally lose everything. That paper is pure fraud. Funded by Tony Fauci, engineered by Tony Fauci, when against all odds, and you see that in that book, when against all odds, we proved that that XMRVs, these mouse viruses, get got jumped into humans by a contaminated blood supply and contaminated vaccines. Remember what happened with HIV AIDS. Oh, only gay men could get it, IV drug users, prostitutes, bad behavior. We convinced everyone it was your bad behavior. Now we're shaming everyone. Wear the mask, get the shot. I got one, you get one. Well, if your vaccine works, why do you care if you, if if your mask works, mask kill. They don't save lives. So everything, so we're shamed into it. Well, you don't want to take the time to do your homework or you don't want to lose your livelihood or you don't want to be called names in public or shamed. So you put it on. Or, or somebody's bullying you on an airplane. A flight yeah. attendant who has absolutely no idea about medicine. None of these are approved. Emergency, there's no emergency. The only thing people died of, Not there wasn't an excess number of deaths in our country yeah. last year. They just called them something else. They relabeled
0: so, them, yeah. So the
1: scientists aren't bad. They just simply, in, in the case of Dr. Rossetti, you know, COVID, the, our, our company, our company, I had to close the company called Mark Inc, Mikeovitz and Rossetti Consulting. because after pandemic came out, um, Dr. Rossetti's son who is in the family business, um, was threatened for his job. Um, and so I said, oh Frank, you don't have to make a choice between your family and me. We'll just simply close the company. you know and, and see, I don't have any kids. So I don't know what it's like, or I get, uh, while I was looking for your email with the link this morning, I just read through, you know, plaguethebook.com where you reached out to me and I'm reading this. My, my daughter has to get the shot to get, to, to get, to get her job. And in only, a in only a month, our whole family will be on the street if she doesn't get, you know, and, and you're crying reading through my email, help me, help me, help me. You know, this is this is just plain wrong. And this is scientists or human beings, doctors are human being. Are you gonna lose everything you made? I lost everything. It, it tallies up to like 10 million dollars. You know, that's what we're called to do is as Christians, lose everything if you're called to do so for the truth, um, because eternity is a really long time, and, and so this is um, you know, and 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 many people just they just won't do that. And, and I, and I don't, I'm not passing judgment. Um, because as, as, as Dr. Uh Rossetti said to me, Uh when I lost everything in 2011, um, He's like, Judy, they'll do it. They'll take me out. They'll fire me. If you fire a government worker, that, that day on August 31st, 2014, the highest levels of the government, Harold Varmus was the head of the National Cancer Institute, um, the, the head of the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute, When we found, well, a lady named Simone Glenn at the time. I don't know who's doing it now. Um, and, and Michael Bush, who's the head of the Blood Systems Research Institute um, in San Francisco. Francisco, Michael Bush and Simone Glenn knew the blood supply was heavily contaminated. And yeah. August 31st, 2011, and they got on the email and they said, science, the journal wants to publish this paper really quick. You got three days to, to come to, to write this paper. And I said, that wasn't an association study. The title of the paper says no association. No, this was an, is the blood supply contaminated? And do we have a test to measure it? So complete and total fraud. And on, on Labor Day weekend, 2011, they got on the phone with me and they said, okay, um, you know, y- you signed the paper and you, in fact, they didn't even care about me. They wanted Dr. Rossetti. So they, he's, he's the genius and he is. Um, and so um, he, he's the guy. And, and they said, Dr. Rossetti signs the paper or, or he, uh, this paper, or he's fired for fraud in the 2009 science paper. And we all know they retracted that study, force retracted it. Never was the data proven wrong, they simply made up something. And so, you know, they destroyed my career as promised. You know, that I was jailed two months later. I, I was, you know, uh, it, it just demonized in the literature by the journal science and with not with a single piece of data but with op-ed with with articles with John Coffin, with in all I, uh, I encourage you to do and I'll send it to you after the show is um go to sciencemag.org and once you get into sciencemag.org search cohen c o h e n and mikovits but don't put a z on that you've got a, my name spelled wrong it's s so m i k o v i t s and cohen and what you'll find is for for the two years from, from 2009 when our paper came out in science with a, with a with an opinion article that was it was exploded i was praised i was honored everywhere i was going around the world scientists everywhere saw this and 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 it and the the, the article that that came along with it was one new virus how many old diseases Well, between nine and 11, when we found out the blood supply was heavily contaminated, remember Ryan White and Arthur Ashe, you know, remember when the blood supply was contaminated and it wasn't just those bad people, those gay people, those IV drug users and prostitutes. It was a little boy with a bleeding disorder. It It was a tennis pro who got heart surgery, and died from contaminated blood. Watch the movie the band played on. That's that's the movie I told Kent when we started writing the book. This is what we wanna convince people. We need it in a way where people see it. And that's why Plandemic was a billion people, the most heavily censored and the most viewed documentary of all time, it just in Europe, in Doctor Nation, which came out August 18th. So you can see both of these at pandemicseries.com. You can download them directly to your computer. Um, and, and it shows you the why, it answers your questions. And what the government then does is say, look over here. This is important, don't look over here. And behind the scenes, all of this is going on. But every part of our, our scientific world. Has been marched toward this control by only a few people at the top: Tony Fauci, you know, Harold Varmus, um, Nobel laureates, you know, and um, and if you don't play the game as a Nobel laureate, then you're just, you know, like Luke Munchinay. Luke Munchinay wouldn't play the game. He d- and 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 he's vilified, you know. They tried, and and, and same thing with Carrie Mullis, who discovered the PA the PCR and got a Nobel prize for it. He, he died in, in in end of 2019. And you wonder, um, you wonder, oh, if he'd been alive, would they have gotten away with this fraudulent test, this case, damn And, and Kerry Mullis, you know, he was, you know, considered to be crazy. Oh, he did drugs and he did, he wrote a wonderful book, by the way, it's called Dancing Naked in the Mind field mind and it, it's very funny it's it's very and it's it's interesting it gives you an insight into what's going on in fact a doctor friend of mine actually mailed it to me a month or so ago and um and put a prescription an rx and he said whenever you get discouraged Judy read this you know read chapter 11 and that was my Sorry. prescription read it over again because it'll cheer you up
0: so I'm going to take a look at that. I want to draw the conversation back to where we are. So how do you see this all playing out over the next few years? What do you think this is? What do you think is going to happen? Because one of the things that Lisa and I have a theory around it, and we're not, we don't share this. There's other people who share this sentiment is that a lot of this, while it might seem pernicious on the surface, and it might be leaning towards depopulation and a variety of other things, it has also wakened up, if you will, a, a lot of people who are now sort of realizing the corruption and the amount of corruption that has gone on. And this doesn't go back 20 years. This goes back hundreds of years. You you could argue since the beginning of man, there has been this sort of stuff going on, but in the American, in the Western world of itself, this is, this is at least as old as world war II, if not older, the making of where we are. I I've read a lot of stories around that that has a lot of data around it, but how does this play out? How does this play out to you?
1: Um, well, I think, I, I think that's it. You're, you're exactly right. You know, God wins. And so it's going to play out good. Many, many, many people are recognizing this right now. You've seen all week long, you've seen, you know, Tony Fauci, they'll take this cabal down. They'll take this from the top at every level. And it's not just scientific scholars. When we write a scholar's obligation in an age of corruption, it's legal scholars, it's court scholars, it's congressmen, it's, it's, grocery store owners in business and it it's time you know to, to to turn this back to the to the individual to the constitutional republic that we have it's time to turn this back to the individual the government doesn't control this is why we have our freedom so i think it plays out to an age of health freedom wellness love like we've never seen before mm-hmm. um, and and this is but but each of us is the scholar who has to do their part. Don't don't fear the people who got the shot. Don't worry, we can do things about it. Um, and um and 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 think. Go back to critical thinking.
0: Well, I do want to go back to that. You said sorry, I'm no, no, it's great. I love all those points. Sorry, go jump ahead. in if you have Mm-mm. something to say. Sorry, I'm dominating this. Um I want to go back to that you said don't fear the people who have been injected but yet i'm reading a bunch of stories right now about and i don't know much about it i haven't I haven't been able to dive into the research on it but the shedding concept that people are yeah. actually shedding and that you can pick up sort of some sort of a transmissible inf- i'm going to call it infection it's probably not called an infection well for layman's terms you can if lisa had been injected with this yeah. by uh, vaccination she theoretically could shed it somehow on a cellular level. And I can pick up that transmission from her. This is something I'm reading about. What, what is that all about?
1: Uh, that, that's correct. Cause these, this is like a synthetic virus. Um, the lipid nanoparticles protected. So they're nano. So it can come through your skin. It can, you can breathe it this way. Cause this, this is what I talked about in the beginning. We made drugs. Think about an inhaler. Uh-huh. You don't see what you're inhaling in an uh-huh. inhaler, budesimide or any of the pulmogorts, but it changes your lung function. You can you can inhale things. You you know, we make creams. In fact, I put a couple of these on the table because some of the solutions are ozonating. So ozone is O3. So you can. And, and so this is an ozonated soft gel of a oil, a fat. And so I take that. Let me take that right now um, because um, and, and and you can you can literally taste the ozone. Ozone has very t- distinct taste. I've got another cream here by another group um, it, that's ozonated so it can are come. These shameless, are
0: these shameless plugs, Dr. Judy?
1: <laughs> no, I don't She's, make any influencer. <laughs> <I'm just joking. laughs> I, I don't make. But I just came back from the ozone therapy meeting, and one of my energy healers asked me, told me the only way he could detox the shot is if he started with ozone. So yes, it spreads. Yes, it spreads energetically. Think about, you know. Ozone, when you're above the ozone layer, you're taking radiation damage. At the heart of this, this is like radiation damage. And when you go in that MRI or one, any of these machines that, that take pictures, you know, you don't feel that, you don't sense that, but it picks up the energy of your cells. So, yes, you're going to pick up this bad energy, if you will, that was injected mm. in those particles. And we even have, um, we were doing the homework yesterday. There was a paper that came out um, in 2019, actually, about magnetizing things, mm. ferritin and getting into cells. So you could, ferritin is is a protein. It's a gene. We know the genetic sequence, just like we know the sequences of viruses. So we can genetically engineer ferritin, make a cage, self-assembling cage. That's what these nanoparticles are. They're cages. And we can present it to the cell um, and and you can actually pick it up on a magnet. You're and, way and- too
0: intelligent for one hour podcast. So <laughs> go. I, I could talk to you for hours, honestly. I could sit here and just engage with you for all this. I'm so curious about this. I want to go back to the shedding concept. So this ozone stuff that you're taking, this, uh-huh. this is sort of a preemptive measured to block that, or, yeah. or um, what is it? It's breaking Sable. down those lipids that we're injecting. Ah,
1: correct, correct. Break you down send, the lipids. You should send me, send
0: me that link. <laughs> oh, send I'll me see, that link I'll, when you get off the I'll call. Take
1: sure. like I'll take some that. pictures of these. Actually, the best thing to do is go to a a o t dot u s. American Academy of ozone therapy. us. I was in Dallas last weekend. That's why God's perfect time for this call, because I hadn't thought about ozone therapy um, in decades since those very, that very first day. So it, and, and so that, this was a meeting of doctors, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny and I, we uh-huh. normally wouldn't go to an ozone meeting because it's out of our field. So this is one of those things where, just like we said, we're gonna be able to communicate. This is gonna give you healthcare like you we've never seen before because we'll talk to each other. And, and no more will you simply say, I got an email from an MB PhD this morning who said, um, with all due respect, it, um, masks don't kill, that's absurd. And I wrote, there's no due respect when you use those words, show me science. And I said, two talks, I said, here's the data. You know, data is respectful. Let's stop using hurtful words and just discuss data. I can be wrong. Nobody will will debate the data. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I think the data show, just like our book, The Case Against the Mask, 10 Reasons Why Mask Use Should Be Limited. Which I've also
0: read, by the way. Fantastic. there,
1: There are people for whom they're dangerous, and that would be everybody. As I say, we're not plants. We don't do photosynthesis. That means we don't metabolize carbon dioxide. That's a poison. So in the mask, in only two breaths, you will get to toxic levels of carbon dioxide. I have pleurisy. That means fluid in the lungs. What does carbon dioxide do? Oh, it causes fluid in the lungs. That's bad. Fluid mm-hmm. in the lungs is also congestive heart failure yeah. because, and, and not being able to carry enough oxygen, you know, energy. Uh, it's just everything in our world. So I think we're going to, we're going to realize a really, as long as we, as long as we stop the hate and the fear, you know, take off the masks, everybody's immune, we can all say, I'm I'm good. Are you vaccinated? Yep, I'm good. Stop talking about your personal health data. Stop violating HIPAA with, with the MDs with respect to medicine. You know, take down the grant system, take down the corrupt FDA, the corrupt CDC, and rebuild these um, w- um, in, in the ways they were intended to help people or just leave them down and let, you know, Food and Drug Administration was supposed to be safety of your food. Well, your food's toxic. GMOs are yeah. toxic. We know that now. And, 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 and they gave themselves the authority for which drug could be used on and off label and what could be said on this label. It's not FDA approved. Well, sorry, if I discovered it, I'll use it any way I want. And this is the problem. This is And, and I come out there and I'm, I'm bold in your face, you know, because people are starting to say, yeah, you know, these masks are deadly. Uh, um, and deadly, deadly, deadly you know for people in only a show especially people on an airplane it's dui it's driving under the influence on in, in a car we've seen car accidents exploding i see i see people with the windows rolled up in their car in a mask in only a few breaths either their glasses are fogged or they get a headache or they get confused they cross the line they can't see the line um it's deadly
0: uh, what what I find egregious about the masks, and we can't go into that too much because we could talk about that forever, is that they're forcing children to wear them when, in their own statement, children are immune to the virus. As opposed, to, I mean, everyone's immune to the virus because they don't. Even, it's not even how viruses work, but. But yeah. forcing children to wear them, whether it's in school or on athletic fields, etc. And mm-hmm. I've never worn one from day one, and I'm proud of that fact. I re- I've gone against that grain from the day one. But I want to go back to the holistic you talked about. You were seeing, um, you said a healer, an energy healer, and the whole whole idea around holistic healthcare and how that's being been ostracized as well. do Do you think that? Uh, do you think that in the next in the next twelve months? That you're going to see a, a, a radical shift in policy around masks, around quarantines, around lockdowns. We're starting to see that happen here in America. There have been several states that are now just basically said, "F this, we're moving forward without it." and And the data shows, and the data is in support of their of their of their policies. But do you think that there's going to be a shift in that, or do you think that there's going to be a a? Is there going to be a civil war? And I don't mean that. I mean that metaphorically. But is there going to be a literally a civil divide? And we're talking about America, but globally. Is there going to be a civil divide based upon all this where one side has chosen one camp, the other side, chosen the other camp, and that that's going to be head to some sort of some sort of massive fallout?
1: Well, you know, they're doing that now. So you can see that occurring now, and this is why I say everyone, and this is why I talk on these shows. No, there's not, but there's only one way to stop it. Every single person, every single person needs to go out, take off the mask and protect the children it's child abuse you're right you know protect everybody needs to stand up and say no now i mean judy mikovitz you know you um right. devote and lisa you can take that stand and never put on the mask and protect yourself but we will have a civil divide if we don't all protect each other and and it's not wear the mask you know ma- you know it's not you know oh and and it's not about being safe you know it all of this stuff it's not about being comfortable. Nothing about this is comfortable and you know it. <laughs> um, but we, there will be a civil war and you, and I already see it. You already see it when you're being attacked on an airplane. When, when a police officer, um, you is against constitution and, and uses the force like they used on me because they didn't like the kind of mask I had on. Oh, it wasn't one of the dangerous ones. And, and so, um, you know, and, and I, like you, I I can't even put it on. But yes, there will be there will be a civil divide. There is one already. There are people that are given free reign to hurt people to to violate our constitutional rights. I have a God given constitutionally protected right to breathe air. I am not a plant. I do not do photosynthesis. and, And we can't discriminate. And this is This is what AIDS ACT UP group, this is what we won when those victims of the first plague of corruption, when those bad behavior people, the gays, you know, um, if you haven't seen it yet, watch the movie Medical Racism. Um, it was on children's and in, it was produced, I think it came out first about March 10th, medical racism, children's And, um, it, yeah, every, everybody should watch this movie. Um, and you're going to see that's what's happening right now. It's medical racism. The, the elderly are being discriminated against, the sick are being discriminated against. We're in a country where you're assumed sick until proven healthy and, and this is ridiculous. Um, and so this is what we, I, you know, what each single person has to stand up and say, no, this isn't right. When Tony Fauci puts on three, four masks, it's, it's horrible to go in a hospital and see doctors and nurses in three or four masks to, to, you know, it's hurting them. It's, it's, it's hurting their families and, and, or, or anybody in a, in a store, you're working in a Lowe's, let's just say, I got that one this morning. Oh, it's still store policy. You have to get this shot um, or wear this mask. They're climbing on ladders, lifting heavy things and, 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 they're and they're being, they're deprived, depleting oxygen or these kids running on fields. The shot's the same thing because it's depriving your body of, of meta- the ability to metabolize. You're taking your energy energy away from building a healthy body and you're detoxing all the toxins in those shots And, and it won't be good for people.
0: And, I, and I'd like to end on that thought right there and I don't want to end, but I have to. So there's a quote in your book, "Every reasonable human knows that one good question leads to many more And I for me that sort of epitomizes the nature of your book because you started asking questions, You started asking more questions, and you started leading you down a rabbit hole of a whole bunch of data that just did not match up with your scientific knowledge. And it it galls me that there's a certain population that is just like you, asking questions, doing research, diving deeper than Wikipedia. But there is a massive amount of people who are just getting in line, and not to be metaphorical, but the lemmings, that are just getting in line and just doing whatever they're told to do. And... I love that whole last piece you said is if people just start speaking up, if people just start standing up, the power of seven and a half billion people cannot be governed by a few tyrannical leaders. And so if more people will start asking questions, and this is just said if, I was at an event last night with Lisa and I was I struck up a conversation with somebody that were a common friend that we know, and he was asking us because we travel a lot still, and, and he was asking us how we do it. And I was like, We just do it. Like we just we just travel, like stop being fearful, just Get off your ass and go someplace. He's like, well, we're thinking about going down to Alabama, but you know we don't want to drive too far. I'm like, Alabama, dude, just get on an airplane and just go somewhere. Like, why, why are you living in so much fear? And I, I looked over to my left and I saw a woman because we started talking about COVID, and I and I was saying he was saying how Texas and Florida. Had um, had gone against the grain, and now you see the data supports their their decisions. And I was like, well, every state and every country on the planet would be able to say the same thing if they wouldn't just buy into all this propaganda. And, and a woman in that meeting, she was listening to our conversation because I was reading her body language, and she just started shaking her head at us, like in disgust. And I'm just thinking. If she would just ask a couple of questions, turn <coughs> off CNN, turn off your internet, turn off whatever it is you're getting all this news from, and just start asking a few questions. Read Dr. Jimmy's book, read a few other people. Start following Dr. Tom Cowan or the 12 doctors you mentioned. There's a, one of them uh, that you just referenced, Dr. Tenpenny. She's part of the 12 doctors. Or, I don't know, there's, a, there's a term for them but that are being um, labeled as the 12 or sort of gone against the grain. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyhow. <laughs> Everybody
1: Um, asks me, are you sorry you didn't make that list?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was listening to a fantastic podcast of them the other day, and they were talking about a lot of the stuff that you just touched on. So you're not alone. There are thousands of people like you. Unfortunately, they're being censored and banned and knocked off uh, mainstream. But um, I, I do believe there's a light at the end of the tunnel for this, and it's people because of you, because of people like you who are shedding real scientific data on real factual information and not just a bunch of propaganda and bullshit. So thank you. I appreciate what you're doing and have done. And at the cost of of most of your life now, I mean, millions of dollars, your family have been ostracized, your career has been ostracized. So um, in my in my personal opinion, for what it's worth, which isn't much, you're one of the true heroes of what's happening right now. So thank you. I appreciate you.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that. But I've gotten so much more love back. I can't even tell you the love I've gotten back. It's far surpassed the hate. Um, so you know, trust God, it it it's true. You know, Job got rewarded and 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 we've been rewarded, not you know, not in dollars, in that love. And then when you talk to those ladies on the airplane, you know, speak that truth in love. You know, yeah. plant a big old wet kiss on them, give them a big hug and watch them run away. But when you go to these churches, like, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> whenever at and least and i laugh about this because i intentionally do it now you see people take the sidestep around away to get away from you because i won't wear a mask because i'll intentionally walk like right next to them like hey how's it going you know welcome you know anyway so i, I do
1: too up. it's fun and I, everybody yeah. knows i'm not a hugger and it's like oh man tony fauci said you can't touch anybody i'm gonna have to hug people exactly
0: so <laughs> Well, I would give you a big grand hug if I was in the same room with you. I really appreciate the time that you've given us today. I know you've got a bazillion other things going on, a million other people who want to talk to you. So thank you for, uh, I'm I'm humbled that you you joined our show. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Devo. And thanks for reading our book. And thank you, Lisa. Um, Yeah, we'll get on again soon. I don't mind. It's fun.
0: And I do have your other book, by the way. I've ordered it. It's sitting in my room. I'm going to start reading it. Um, I wanted to have a conversation with you first, so I had some context around it, and it'll just be that right. much more enjoyable now that I've, I've got the chance to speak a, to you.
1: A trick on our books, they, almost every chapter stands alone. So on that first book, start with the, the forward and, and then just read chapter five. And, and and this is what I did with Bobby Kennedy Jr because he was he said there's something missing Judy and I said Bobby I know you're busy read the last chapter. So if everybody starts with the last chapter of Plague of Corruption which is only 3 pages you know and he he called me like 3 days later he said oh my god you know he finally understood it and then he read the whole book So so each chapter kind of stands alone and you can wrap your head around it because because it is tough. And then you start looking at other things. And and so this is why we always try to bring it back to certain things. Go watch the movie the band played on. Uh, Go watch the movie, The Dallas Buyers Club. Um, These are the kinds of ways. And and then you look back, you know. Read the Handmaid Tale or watch the movie. That one's creepy because oh, your books. Because mm-hmm. yeah. the only people that are left are the people in the mask, and they're the only people that can have babies. You know, and they were the people that that wouldn't play the game you know, they, and then, and then they were enslaved. So we don't want to get to that end. So that's why every single human being needs to stand up and just speak the truth in love and, and not be fooled. Ask the questions. It's not that difficult and, and you will be rewarded. like like we have been not in money, but in love. And that's just a lot yeah. more.
0: Ask the questions because one good question leads to many more. And I, I love that for, for, for that's right. sort of the centerpiece for that book. So, all right. right, right. I'm sorry I dominated the whole That's okay, based. you've been so excited about this and it was <laughs> more than we could have hoped for. So thank you so much. Thanks so thank much, you. I appreciate you both. Okay, have a, have a great day. You as well, thank you. Oh, by the way, you, you mentioned uh, Bobby Kennedy. I loved his foreword in your book.
1: Oh, thank you, and that's, yeah, he was, that's how he wrote it because he, he he had drafted it a year earlier and he just said, and and he was holding up the publication of the book. It was supposed to come out November of 2019. And I, and I tapped him in, in October, and I said, Bobby, how can I help? And, it, and it's complicated, and he'll call me every now and again, and he'll ask, he'll say, okay, Judy, HIV doesn't cause AIDS. I said, correct. And then I start explaining to him in science, and I could tell he goes silent on the other end. <laughs> and I said, I'm sorry, Bobby, it's just not that simple. And he comes back, and he just, if we all just kind of, and I'm trying to tell the story. In, in our last book, Um, we're really working hard to, to tell the story and show the other scientists and, and some of what's happened. It's ending plague. So it's Dr. Rossetti's perspective, Frank Rossetti. And then, but it's but it's my perspective too. And you see the generations, because Frank Rossetti is 80 years old. And so you see the um, uh, the, the differences. And, and so it's it's fun to um, to look at this. I mean, <laughs> I need to get off talking and start writing, but but it, again, it really doesn't matter. But on that book, Ending Plague, so the way you can help us the most is pre-order Ending Plague from Amazon. I know people don't like to do business with Amazon, but the only way, Plague of Corruption. So Bobby Kennedy said, got it. And, and he's brilliant. All I had to do was twist his brain just a little bit. So read the last chapter. And in fact, um, somebody told me in writing the book, somebody read it in the middle of the summer and said, Judy, that you can't publish that book. That'll that'll get you killed. It doesn't have a dead man's trigger. And I'm so naive and innocent. I didn't know what a dead man's trigger was. Um, so she explained what a dead man's trigger was. And I said, okay. And I called up Kent and I said, maybe there's one more story I should tell you. And that was the last chapter. So that's why I said to Bobby, and I, I put it in after he read the book. He, he, the book was in press in the middle of the summer, and, and we changed it at the end. I said, Kent, we need to add a chapter. It's the dead man's trigger. And so Kent literally, so the way forward was supposed to be the last chapter in that book. How do we move forward? We had no idea there would be a COVID. Why does it read like prophecy? um, read the last chapter. <laughs> so, and that's what, and that Bobby read it and he's like, oh, cause he was working on the legal thing and I didn't cross his word and he didn't cross mine. And, you know, we, to this day, you know, we just, the scholar's obligation, you know, when you see the truth, you can't turn away from it. And your obligation is in your world, in your family to tell that story. And that's, that's ending plague. And because, of the pre-orders, um, it was, it was published ultimately April 14th of 2020. And, um, and it was sold out April 15th. So the same thing's going to happen with, um, and then, and then it was censored. So then nobody could get it. Then, then, you know, um, think about a New York Times bestseller list on a New York Times bestseller list. Um, that book should be in every airport in booksellers. That book should be on the top of Barnes and Noble and the New York Times bestseller list. They basically censored it till it dropped off the bestseller list because nobody else could get it. And so, um, and, and this is, um, you know, a publisher won't publish a book if, um, if people don't learn about it or it's censored or people won't sell it. And, and we're having that trouble with the mask book that it's so heavily censored. So the only way to read Ending Plague and, and learn the rest of the story um, is, um, and hopefully that will change everything, is to pre-order from Amazon, it's maybe $25. Everybody can afford $25. We don't need money, we don't make money, don't write books to make money, R- write books to end the plague so that humanity, so that this never happens again, where we have this divide and this hate. Um, and, and that's what you can do when you're and lively and you make it funny. Um, so. Um, you know, that, and 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 that's what we show people. We empower them not only through education and trying to make it simple, but but showing you know the human side of it. And and it's not all bad. You don't have to fear being me. I'm having a lot of fun. I've had the best few years of m- of my entire life. Never when I went in science did I think my work could touch as many lives. and, and um as as just the last year and and these um these little books.
0: That's fantastic. I love that outlook. Well, thank you for sharing it. Um, I, I I have written down copious notes, but if you don't mind, I might be texting you for some more of that information that you just dropped. Oh, sure. oh
1: Yeah, free. I sure I I want to text. I won't email
0: you. I'll text you.
1: Yeah, text me because I never see the emails. Um <laughs> but I couldn't find your text either. So <laughs> interestingly enough, this morning, um, I'm I'm gonna send you a, a a text somebody sent me. Um and and it's a little boy testifying in in a school board about the mask and you need to show this and maybe get this little boy on there because it was fabulous. It's, heartbreaking, but, you know, now a little, a nine-year-old is stepping up. It's like, you go, I don't know his name, but when I saw this, it's heartbreaking. But, but then again, this is where we're going to where our 10-year-olds aren't fearful. They're, they're like this sweet little respectful little boy who talked to the school board and, and wrote down and, and, and told his story. And I mean, probably everybody will cry when they see it, but I'll text it to you. Please do.
0: And save me in your address book so that when I pop in with lots of questions, you know who you're talking to
1: <laughs> i will
0: <laughs> thank you doctor i really appreciate your time
1: Secretary, yes, i had to go throw the other phone out and get a new one
0: <laughs> please be safe out there please continue voicing your opinion and honestly thank you for your time
1: thanks so much appreciate bye. it bye, bye.